And now, I'll introduce today's guest. In telecommunications marketplace, we've come to expect new ideas. In fact, just keeping up with the latest and greatest offerings has become a competition, especially for young, technically sophisticated customers. Witness the lineups recently to buy the new iPad. Other consumers have given up even trying to start to, to stay current. They belong to the school of the wait and see, waiting to, to be sure that there's good reason to change what they know now or have to use now. Well, when it comes to cell phone service, our guest today represents a company that may, be, that may have something to offer both camps. Ken Campbell is CEO of Wind Mobile, the newest addition to Canada's mobile industry. Last December, Industry Minister Tony Clement reversed a CRTC decision that had blocked Globalive, Wind's majority Egyptian-owned parent company, from entering the Canadian cell phone marketplace. Now, just six months in, the new wind is blowing strong. With, uh, with at-cost handsets for technology lovers and an old-fashioned approach to service and customer engagement that appeals to the second tier, Wynn's two-pronged marketing strategy has the big three established players sitting up and taking notice. Ken Campbell brings 15 years of solid international experience to lead the role at Wynn. He has been associated with successful mobile phone operations in some of the world's most competitive marketplaces in the U.S., North Africa, and Europe. Today, he'll tell us about his experience in challenging the old guard in Canada's mobile market and how Wynn's old-fashioned notions about focusing on customers and what they want might just be the newest and most successful marketing strategy yet. Please welcome Ken Campbell, CEO of Wynn Mobile. Thanks very much, John. Thanks uh, to the Canadian Club for inviting me to speak here today. I promised Etsy the Italian game is on at 2.30. <laughs> we do at Wind have a, uh, an SMS service that will give you the updates if I go on too long. First off, I, I want to recognize my management team who are, are with us today. We've been, we've been through a lot together. All have had the same goal, to create a truly great new wireless company. And all have shown great courage in bringing this business to market. We also wouldn't be here without the support of our partners, thanks to our agency partners, to CleanSheet and Narrative and others, for helping us to position and build this brand. And also our, technical, our technology partners, including Samsung, who are here with us today, NSN, Huawei, and ALU. Finally, to our shareholders, to Arascom, Halid Bashara, who's here with us today, Nagib Suiris to Globalive, Tony, and to Mojo, Mike O'Connor, who, who've really remained enthusiastic and committed to this project since day one. It was only a, a short while ago that I was sitting in, in Vilnius, in Lithuania, where I was operating BTE. Does everybody know where that is? Uh, BTE, Vodafone's partner network in the Baltics. With penetration levels exceeding 120%, actually 140% in Latvia, the Baltics are an intensely competitive wireless market. Wireless has leapfrogged fixed line and is more a part of everyday life from paying for parking your car to mobile banking than we see in Canada or indeed many other parts of Europe. The idea of running a new national wireless company in Canada was not on my mind when this opportunity presented itself. Despite the allure of, of heading back home after 17 years and the obvious potential that I believed existed. It was clear even then that the startup 
would not be without its challenges. You can keep your phones on. Uh, <laughs> Launching in a market controlled by three companies who've enjoyed some of the highest profit margins for over a decade was not going to be easy. Participating and winning in a competitive auction for Spectrum was going to take incredible fortitude. Building that cellular infrastructure was going to demand a vast investment, a strong team, incredible coordination. And most of all, creating a brand that Canadians could embrace would become paramount and critical when trying to establish brands, when trying to compete with established brands and known players. Of course, nobody warned me about the regulatory environment. Well, I guess a couple of people did, but I really honestly didn't believe it. And maybe if I'd known, I'd still be sitting back in Vilnius. Uh, that being said, the, the Canadian market also represented one of the most fertile landscapes for wireless growth. With less than 70% penetration, Canada ranks dead last amongst 30 developed nations. Canadians face higher prices, they have access to fewer applications, and as a result, remain lagging other developed nations when it comes to wireless adoption. But the lack of penetration presented an attractive opportunity for new entrants that paved the way for a spectrum auction that would, for our $442 million investment, give us national coverage with the exception of Quebec. While competition was the desired outcome, in the end, what emerged was a herd of new players that would all battle to become Canada's first and most favored new wireless provider in over a decade. So a landscape, once dominated by three wireless companies, quickly gave way to a new landscape, one of old establishment and rookie players, with no less than six new companies having entered or with plans to enter the market. With that, all the market research, all the investment in understanding the existing audience and consumer base is changing because Canadians today have more choice than in the history of wireless in Canada, which makes competing and standing out a different phenomenon altogether. And despite the way we try to segment our audience, the truth is, young or old, techie or first-timer, data or text user, the Canadian market is small enough that we have to encroach on each other's territory. We have to compete. It's not enough to survive as a youth brand or the discount brand or the ethnic brand or the business brand. How do we differentiate in this rapidly competitive changing market? How do you stand out when we've gone from virtual oligopoly to pure competition? Because let's be clear, none of us really want to compete on price. Price wars will erode the market opportunity entirely. New features and benefits will soon catch up and eventually all the players will look virtually the same when it comes to products and offers. So we took a different tact. Besides lack of penetration, the Canadian wireless market is known for another trend, continued and sustained customer dissatisfaction, not an irrelevant consideration. Wireless and telephone companies have consistently topped the list of consumer complaints. 60% of Canadians were frustrated with their current providers, sick of paying double what Americans pay, tired of being locked into endless contracts and nonsensical fees, made-up fees, and most acutely, incensed with the lack of customer service from the incumbents. Canadians were so unhappy with their providers that they started their own blogs, inundated online forums and message boards, and took to Facebook and Twitter to rally for better access, better products, better features, and most of all, better service. 
One exasperated Canadian wireless customer wrote on cbc.ca, I'd rather pull my teeth out with rusty pliers than ever, and I mean ever, stay with Fido or consider Telus or Rogers. That's serious. The, the incumbents were doing such a good job of doing such a bad job at customer service that the market seemed ripe for a player that could capitalize on the dissatisfaction by offering, by offering a remarkable alternative. So what if we chose customer satisfaction? Could we make customer experience our calling card? Could we harness that mass, widespread dissatisfaction and turn it into a consumer and ultimately, ultimately a corporate competitive advantage? Brands like Apple or Staples or Disney or WestJet have all laid stake to the customer experience ground. Could a telco player in Canada do the same by finding the key to motivate those unhappy customers, to make them switch from their current provider to us? And not just, not just to us as the only alternative, but to us in the wake of all the other brands that are coming into the market at the same time. It seemed to us that the incumbents had opened a door. And if we were more nimble, if we moved faster than the other new entrants, we could claim a big piece of the customer service territory. This became our first major decision in building the brand and creating a competitive advantage. So before the name Wind was even uttered, before we talked about a price, a plan, a product, we launched something called Wireless Soapbox. We became the first would-be new entrant to host an online forum for the sole purpose of dialoguing, of having a conversation with Canadians about the good, the bad, and the ugly in Canadian wireless. Before we ever floated the idea of what wind would offer, we actually asked Canadians what they wanted, a novel idea in a category that was used to talking at customers, not to them. Essentially, we made our first partners our customers. And in the age of 24-7 media consumption of Facebook and Twitter and blogs and forums, this became our single most important communication tool. It also made us relevant and anticipated, two ingredients when launching among several new players. Most importantly, it made us distinctly different and a bit likable, something that hadn't been apparent in Canadian wireless in a very long time, and it made us real. While customers could envision incumbent CEOs looking at their balance sheets and ivory towers, our senior team was busy blogging and responding to the ideas of everyday Canadians, helping to build a wireless brand experience unlike any other. Our brand would ultimately be built on this insight, on the insight that conversations make things better. They always have, they always will. We would harness the power of conversation and use it to attract new customers and offer inspiration internally to a team who are about to embark on the great task of launching a real challenger in one of the biggest categories in the depths of a global recession. The second key decision in building the brand was to actually build the entire company around this insight and idea. A brand isn't a name or, or a slogan. It's how we represent ourselves in front of our customers, how we operate and how we operate behind closed doors in the company. It's about building a strong internal culture to, to inspire both internal and external audiences. Our first ambassadors became the thousands of online community members and our own internal team, the front lines of the customer experience. 
We made great efforts to bring the brand to life within Wynn's walls and in the people we hired and trained. In just three days from our first hiring campaign, we received over 2,300 resumes, many of which were just exceptional candidates. There was no doubt this brand positioning was resonating with Canadians. We built the brand, and in fact, we built the company from the network to our processes, to the stores, to our communications and hiring practices, to our overall operations, all flowing from a single, inspiring, pretty simple insight and one unifying idea. We harnessed the power of conversation, wherever it resides, to build a company from scratch. The third decision point was to keep investing, to keep moving, to keep building. Indeed, at a time when getting our license was far from certain, rather than slow down, our shareholders actually renewed their commitment. They challenged us to build the brand, to build the team, to build the operations faster. This presented its own set of challenges. We wanted to create buzz and engagement before we even launched a service and build momentum so we could get out of the blocks fast when we did launch. Wireless Soapbox gave way to winmobile.ca. For months before we launched, the site became the new forum to continue feeling that power of conversation about the need for wireless change and how we should build this company. We even turned this frustration into online videos. This one capitalized on the frustration of the hidden fees. One dollar, one dollar hot dog. Uh, Five fifty, please. I thought you said it was a buck. No, a buck is just a naked wiener. Bun fee, one dollar. Napkin, condom in, one fifty. Plus my time. Five dollars, twenty-five cents for a hot dog. No. Okay, what I'll do, I will just give you the hot dog and I'll keep the bun back. Okay. And I need the napkin back as well, okay? You see, if I put the real price, I don't get any customers. It's actually <laughs> shot with real people. It resonated with people. Our online engagement resulted in hundreds of thousands of views and posts, all months before we could sell a thing. There was a lot at stake. And incumbents, well, they fought hard. And there were big, some very big political challenges. But we kept hiring, we kept focused, we kept building. And so when the news came that we were being denied entry, we were hit hard. But only for a moment. I've got to be honest, it felt like a very long moment. Our team rallied. We felt that incredible support from our community. Even when the launch, indeed the very company, seemed at risk, we knew somehow how to respond. Not with anger, but by staying positive, by staying focused. Rather than lay off employees who were ready to launch the next week, we sent them out into the streets to do random acts of kindness in the community. We never forgot that we weren't just creating a launch campaign. We were building an internal culture as well. Those weeks were a true test and a testament to the level of loyalty we, generated, we had generated in such a short period of time. And I would argue that brand loyalty may very well be the difference between short-term success and long-term viability. Throughout the uncertainty around our launch, we fought back with simple truths about the need for competition. The government reacted. 
And with Christmas looming, Minister Clement announced the decision to greenlight Wind's launch. Just five short days, they were long days actually, after, after the ruling, we were in business. It was a tremendous team effort to make it all happen and to get out before the holidays. And apropos of pre-launch auctions, our first tactical communications consideration was to honour all the pioneers of change upon whose ideas and input a better day in wireless was made possible, our customers. Ah, brave architects of change who spoke out against injustice. All I said was I hate phone contracts, and here I am. He fought for freedom. I just asked for prepaid customers to be treated better. Equality for all, she cried. Actually, I didn't cry it, I texted it. We've been gouged for too long. Give us real and limited plans. Brilliance. Sheer brilliance. Our brand and, and our launch is unique in it that, and that it may be the first Canadian campaign to truly amplify social media. The very comments of our community became the content of our communication and the framework for every offer and every product, again demonstrating that we were, in fact, listening. And we're off to a strong start. Third-party research showed that in just five weeks, Wind became the number one company people said they wanted to switch to. Unaided top-of-mind brand recall even hit incumbent levels. And despite long-established positions, within two months of launching, Wind Mobile matched and exceeded the big three's levels of engagement, with over 3 million site visits, 6,100 Twitter followers, and over 20,000 community members involved in discussions with Wind. The launch has strong traction with consumers. Subscriber acquisition rates are accelerating, as awareness builds, as stores open, as our coverage expands, and as our handset portfolio increases. We've had our startup challenges as we continue to build and ramp up our operations, but we remain true, true to our vision and true to our promise. It is evidence of the sheer will to succeed and a willingness to make tough decisions without slowing down. Getting this company up and running has, a bit, has been a bit like building an airplane in the air. Momentum has kept building since December, since we have launched Toronto, Calgary, Edmonton, Ottawa, and just two weeks ago, Vancouver. We've introduced new handsets and new stores. We've launched roaming to 200 countries. We've kept the momentum going, and we believe the environment is right for more momentum to build. On the public policy front, we believe the options put forward last Friday by Minister Clement provide the basis for good debate. We believe that more liberal access to foreign capital will make this company and this industry stronger. We need to ensure we keep a strong focus on what is important to Canada's long-term productivity and global competitiveness. We must foster long-term competition to the oligopoly we have across Canada while we protect Canadian cultural expression. As for what WinMobile is doing, we're proud to have been part of challenging the status quo. We believe that the passion and the corporate stamina that went into building wind will allow it to build off these strong indicators to long-term success in one of the toughest categories there is. We've put customer service at the heart of what we do. We've put our money on staking out this territory. And yes, the customer is indeed worth listening to and responding to. Wind is truly a brand built by and for Canadians, Canadians harnessing the power of conversation and honoring the voice of the customer every step of the way. Thank you.
football game's not on yet, so a soccer game. So we can take a couple of questions if uh, if there are. I think there's a couple of people with mics. Mr. Campbell. Uh, my name is Anthony and uh, wonderful speech. I'm a student at Ryerson in the Information Technology Management Program. Um, I'm also a part-time student, I mean a part-time employee of TELUS, so it's very interesting to hear. Um, <laughs> um, I was with WinMobile for a month to test out their service and I have to say it was wonderful and as a startup company I understand the challenges technically of getting it going properly. Um, my biggest, um, my question actually is, recently a United States uh, market analyst um, commented on the new emerging markets, uh, WinMobile, Mobilicity, and Public Mobile, I believe. And he said that um, short-term they may gain momentum, but long-term it may be hard for them to stay in the game because of the dominance that those big three companies do have. Um, I also checked on your website just recently, and about two days ago now, I guess, um, your community team mentioned that you are here for long term. I was just wondering what your strategy was and how you plan on becoming the dominant um, company for the wireless technology in, in Canada. Yeah, well, it is, it's certainly a long road, and uh, your company, TELUS, and, and the other guys are, are, uh, are obviously well capitalized and, and, and well established. Um, I think the key is, is to stay true to what, what I was just talking about, to the brand, to the vision of, of uh, listening to the customer and translating that into, uh, into a really solid customer proposition. But I think the other thing is uh, you, need strong, uh, you need strong partners. You need uh, an ability to, um, this is a huge capital investment project, and so you need an ability to source uh, equipment uh, competitively internationally. Uh, you need to uh, build out strong distribution channels, so you need uh, you need that perseverance to get that in place. Um, and and I think with that with that kind of constant approach, constant adapting to the market, you know you'll see us you'll see us continue to get better and better. Uh, one thing you notice when when you launch a wireless company is that it doesn't all happen, of course, on the first day. Uh, the 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 important thing is to see that vision to move faster. Uh, in terms of in terms of the core needs of coverage and customer service, and to make sure that uh, you know you're adapting as as things go. Yeah, um, so the question is, which of the three options? Mr. Clement presented three options on Friday for, um, uh, for, the, uh, the, for, the, for the public consultation on, on foreign ownership. We're in favor of option two, the Red Wilson report, which has suggested a, a staged approach to foreign investment uh, where companies with smaller market shares could have easier access to foreign capital to start uh, is, is the recommended, uh, recommended approach from that report. So we're, we definitely support that, uh, that approach. Uh, we presented in front of a uh, parliamentary committee on that, and uh, uh, we look forward to the government's consultation and uh, seeing how the Canadian market can change a little bit uh, on the foreign investment front in the next little while. Okay. Thank you very much.
Thank you, Mr. Campbell. As you've no doubt witnessed, Canadians generally have a love-hate relationship with competitiveness. We like to have our cake and eat it too, some would say. We demand value for our money, and we demand that suppliers keep the best interest of the Canadian consumer and the Canadian economy at heart. The thought of a non-Canadian player unseating a homegrown incumbent is unsettling for many, even if we end up with a better product price or, or customer experience. Contrast those sentiments with the growing desire for a shakeup in our telecom marketplace, and it's clear that this is a complex, interesting story worthy of our attention. Mr. Campbell, we're very pleased that you chose this platform to share the Win Mobile story. Like you, the Canadian Club of Toronto also believes in the power of conversation. It's just too bad that you beat us to that trademark. <laughs> Some in this room are already customers, and others may be considering that path. Regardless, we are all stakeholders with a keen interest in how this Canadian epic unfolds. Thank you for your time and insights today. Thank you, Nick, and uh, thanks again, Mr. Campbell, for, uh, for coming today. And also a special thanks once more to Samsung for making today possible. Thank you both for, uh, for making that happen. This concludes our television programming. This broadcast is live on Rogers and will be uh, uh, repeated in the days to come. Uh, we are grateful to Rogers TV and 680 News for their continuing promotion of the Canadian Club events uh, over the course of the many years. This uh, meeting is now adjourned. Have a good afternoon, and thank you all for coming.